brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am joined by Rudrani Ozza. She is the Senior Manager of the Farm Innovations for Cotton Connect. Rudrani is a gender expert with over 16 years in the areas of gender, HIV, AIDS, reproductive health, water and sanitation, and children's rights. She has experience right from the grassroots level to policymaking and has worked in urban, rural, and tribal areas. Rudrani joins us today to share the insight from cotton farmers, talking with us about the ways to better support women farmers, the ways they have been responding to the global COVID-19 pandemic, and the challenges farmers are already facing by climate change. These insights are vital for any organisation further along the value chain. If you want to rebuild better, take a listen to Rudrani. Rudrani, welcome. Hey, Katie. How are you? And I'm glad to be here today. I'm very well, thank you. Rudrani, I know that you're sitting in uh, India in Gujarat at the moment. So for anybody listening, that's the little bit of background noise is uh, the the joys of street traffic and, and life continuing. Rudrani, I wanted you to share a little bit more with us about the work that you've been doing at Cotton Connect and your role in particular. Katie, when we talk of Cotton Connect, uh, we are an enterprise with a clear mission to transform the cotton industry for good. We work with brands and retailers uh, to enable them to develop a more robust and resilient cotton supply chain. And uh, we do this by connecting the brands and the retailers to the farmers. We create a transparent supply chain. We train the farmers in agroeconomic practices and support them by enhancement of farmer livelihoods. And we try to bring, uh, we try to build strong farming communities. We also work in the entire process, the core Our focus is on working with the women cotton farmers. And uh, when we say this, and coming to specifically my role, I work as a gender expert and we closely work with the programs with women, with uh, adolescent girls and uh, children who are coming from the farmer's family. Besides the agri-based module programs, we develop and implement programs focusing health education, savings, livelihood. Uh, We work on child rights. We work on women rights. We have programs like uh, known as uh, Farmer Business School, where the women farmers are uh, trained on financial uh, planning and how to take farming as a business. We also have a program called Hunar. Hunar is a Hindi word that means uh, skills. So this program is about uh, developing technical skills amongst the children uh, who are going to school. They are, again, from the farmer community. And uh, we have four trades over here. That is, uh, uh, they get training on saloon. That's the beauty parlors. Then we have the stretching. Then uh, 
environment training program and the plumbing program. One more uh, thing what we do is that when we are working uh, with the farmers, we are just not focusing the agriculture aspect, but we try to see the farmer and the family as a one unit and uh, we try to work with them with a holistic approach. And I know that you guys at Cotton Connect have been doing quite a lot of kind of research, lots of listening, lots of kind of trying to understand what those experiences are on the ground and translating them to share with a kind of wider ecosystem around um, cotton. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing from that research and that listening? Recently, we had a small research on the climate change on women cotton farmers. At Cotton Connect, uh, from Starting, our approach has always been to listen to the cotton farming communities we work with. We closely work with women farmers and we try to understand their issues which they face while working in fields. The effects of climate change are, as we all know, it impacts the environment. However, it is now becoming very clear with this research that the environmental changes are seriously impacting the lives of uh, the cotton farmers and especially the women farmers. The climate change has affected all areas of women's life. When she works on the farm, she care, when she cares for the livestock back home, when she's there, it has affected her schedule. In turn, this has profound the impact on their income, time and health. Also, you know, the climate change has contributed to the vicious cycle of poverty. Basically, uh, when we say the vicious cycle of poverty and how it affects it, particularly uh, when we try to see it from a small scale, uh, small uh, land or whole farmer, if in a given cycle, if there's a crop failure and if the farmer is not having a better yield, ultimately it would lead to a lesser income that year. And in the process, the farmer is unable to, uh, you know, even afford their basic needs. They incur debts. And then the farmers take loans from the moneylanders. They put the inputs for the crops. And ultimately, again, when they are not unable to, you know, repay it. And so the vicious cycle goes on. Thank you for sharing. And I can imagine that that's only going to get worse. For those who are listening to this podcast, I will put the links to that research into the words that sit alongside the podcast itself. Vidrani, from this research, I mean, we this whole podcast is called Business Fights Poverty. What should business, what should those retailers, the kind of the bigger organisations who are part of that value chain, what should they be doing to try and get ahead of climate change and the negative impacts? on poverty and, and women in particular? When we talk of uh, the larger organizations, they should come with the sustainable models, wherein they are just not focusing only on, you know, the agri-based uh, training programs, but then there is a human touch too. I'll be sharing one uh, very nice uh, example from our field. Uh, we have a women farmer and uh, her name is Pahima Khatun. And uh, before joining our training program, and of course, our programs are, are uh, a success because of the brand, the support which we receive from the brand. So 
After joining the program, definitely she learned the agriculture skills. She learned how to, you know, have the new technology. Earlier, she used to have a conventional method of farming and uh, they were not getting a good yield. So after joining our program, she not only like she had a better results in the farm, but through our uh, Sustainable Lives program, which is supported uh, by Primark. In the program, she learned about several aspects which actually helped her as a, you know, as a woman, those programs helped her because the programs were focusing on women's health. It talked about uh, anemia. It, ha- it had uh, topics like nutrition. The women used to have a lot of discussion around menstrual hygiene, how to take care of, you know, a family, having a small family, having a family planning. And in the process, during all these training programs, in certain topics like uh, family planning and all, because when we try to see countries like, uh, you know, India, Pakistan, these are the countries where still, uh, when it comes to, you know, having uh, how many number of children you'll be having and all. So the decisions, it's, it's just not in a woman's hand. So even a husband has to be part of it. So we used to even call the male farmer in our training programs. And, uh, you know, we used to uh, explain them the aspects of it. And at the end of the training program, the farmer is, uh, she's very happy. She said that the nutrition modules and all, she's able to, you know, develop her immune. She's able to give more time. Now she's much more happier. She's giving much more time to the family. And at the end, she's very happy because she's having very good results from her farm too. Wow. So it really is a sort of end-to-end training there. And, and great to hear some of the bigger organizations getting involved to, to be part of those solutions. Rudrani, you're based in India, as I mentioned before. Can you share a little bit about your personal insights? So your experience, I mean, we are recording this I hope at the sort of end of COVID, but I suspect that the effects will be going on for quite some time. And although there is talk at the moment of of vaccines, we haven't seen anything yet. So what is it like from your perspective? What do you think those effects of this global pandemic will be? During the COVID-19 pandemic, Cotton Connect's primary concern, the immediate concern was the safety and well-being of our teams our implementing partners. Uh, When I say our implementing partners, meaning the local NGOs, the networks with whom we implement our programs here and the cotton farmers who are enrolled in our sustainable cotton programs. And we feel that we have a deep relationship with them, with with our farming communities. And uh, as an immediate response to it, Uh, you know, we connected with them and we tried to understand as to what are their requirements. What exactly do they need? And uh, the responses uh, which we had received, they required uh, the first thing which immediately what they had asked was that they required a good amount of literature uh, which is focusing on, you know, basic uh, hand-washing skills and, you know, uh, uh, regarding uh, maintaining social distancing and all. So immediately, our first task was that we developed uh, IEC material and we had developed the posters, we developed the video clips and through social media, 
through WhatsApp, uh, you know, internet, Zoom calls and all. Uh, we used to connect with the farmer community and we tried to, you know, bring awareness among them. In certain uh, parts of uh, uh, like India, uh, particularly if I talk, it's in Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh and Maharashtra. We also had a live session with a doctor who uh, focused on the COVID aspects, the care to be taken, the myths, the misconception. And, uh, you know, right from a remote village, you know, it was a great opportunity for them to connect with a doctor who can, you know, really provide them some, uh, you know, technical know-how on this. Also, when we launched this program, the program uh, name was uh, Sustainable Lives uh, Mission Hope Campaign. And uh, one of the key features of this uh, program was we also provided insurance cover to farmers as well as the field workers who were working uh, with us in our programs. We also developed the SOP on COVID-19. And uh, this SOP was, as we are working in the field, so how... Uh, you know, we are going to work with the fee, uh, with the farmers, how we are going to conduct the training programs and uh, how we are going to, you know, work with the farmers, laborers. We also developed a farmer welfare fund wherein we decided to provide a support for uh, four months to a farmer who has lost their lives in COVID-19. This uh, support program, basically it it was a small cash support program, which comprised of a ration kit. When we see a ration kit, it talks of the basic rice and lentils. So it was the kit and as well as a cash amount, which can help the farmer immediately, at least for, say, three to four months. So these were the few things which we did immediately as part of the COVID-19 pandemic. As I mentioned, you we are hopefully sort of you know, we're almost a year into the pandemic and as there hopefully will be some vaccines coming down the down the pike at some point shortly. Are there rays of hope from your perspective? I mean, how do we rebuild better from this huge global shock? At Cotton Connect, our approach has always been, you know, to, as I said, we listen to the farming communities and uh, to, when we talk of the, Rays of hope and how to rebuild. Uh, we feel that all the like-minded people, agencies, government should come together to rebuild better. We should have a focus on immediate requirements of the smallholder farmers as well as we should also have the long-term livelihood programs, meaning the other intervention should be both uh, focusing the short-term as well as the long-term program. And uh, the other interventions can be around the climate resilient farming communities. We can uh, also have interventions with women, uh, keeping them in the center. We also need to focus more on the personal health and hygiene aspects and create necessary awareness. And uh, we should maximize the possible health-related support to the rural communities who are working with us. And uh, also, when we talk of uh, market linkages and involving other stakeholders, we should also uh, try to link them with the government schemes, existing government schemes, 
We have a very good structures of self-help groups in India. And uh, we already have the farmer communities who are working with such self-help groups and which supports them in their crisis situations. We should also have something on the income diversifications also so that, you know, they also have some alternatives in case, uh, say, if there's a crop failure or there's something like a COVID pandemic or any other such natural calamities. Amazing list of things that we should be doing. And if you are listening to this and thinking, actually, I would really like to get involved or find out more or connect with uh, Cotton Connect, I will put the links into the words that sit alongside the podcast. And um, I'm sure Rudrani and the team would love to hear from you. Rudrani, my final question for us today here is we care deeply about the person, the people behind the work that's going on. And Business Fights Poverty Network is as much about trying to connect people to to help one another as, as much as anything else. I'm curious how, I mean, the work that you've done over the last year is is huge. I mean, you just really move mountains. How do you stay resilient? How do you keep going through adversity? And, and what would be your advice to others who are potentially faced with such challenges too? Kathy, as I earlier also mentioned, that all our programs which we have been having even prior to the COVID pandemic, we focus uh, both on the agriculture as well as the holistic uh, aspects of the farmer community. And we design our programs in such a way that they are benefited at a larger level. Through our programs, we continuously strive that we are able to take the farmer community at a better position and uh, they, in a, when, when I say a better position, a better world, that's about, you know, they, they are able to provide better education to their children. And, you know, they learn uh, more uh, techniques of farming. Like, uh, I'll just share a very small example. We had a farmer called Firoza Ben. Prior to joining our program, she used to go to farms and she used to work. Uh, she was allergic to dust. But while working, they used to never use the PPE kits and uh, the method of uh, picking up cotton and all. She learned the systematic processes she learned in our training program. And now, you know, uh, she's so satisfied with it that uh, her health is taken care. Her cotton is, you know, contamination free. She's able to keep her cotton clean much more clean, which was not the earlier case. Now she gets better price of her cotton. So this is what we have been doing as part of our uh, programs, communicating a message to the larger group. What I think is the key to rebuild better and stay resilient is to stay hopeful. I think hope is which everyone should, you know, never leave. Like farmers grow crops every season and they expect that uh, they, they'll be having good rains. And sometimes uh, because of the climatic change and the monsoons, the scenarios are not always the same. But they try to contribute, meaning the positivity is what we should strive for. Try to contribute individually and collectively as much as possible. We should try to develop models which can focus the short-term as well as the long-term livelihood interventions for the farmers. 
which can further, you know, create a climate, a resilient farming communities and keeping women in the center of all our interventions would serve the real purpose. Well, Rudrani, thank you very much for sharing that amazing insight and that wonderful advice as well with us today. Rudrani, thank you very much. It's a lot, Kitty. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.